five skandhas. So five heaps. Uh, the five heaps of the five skandhas is a traditional way of talking about uh, the nature of consciousness as it applies to uh, ego or self-centeredness. And it's just a way of, uh, of using our conceptual mind. Uh, quite often our conceptual mind is all tied up in finding out who's right and who's wrong, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. What do people think of us? What do we do think of people? We can just go round and round all day long, as you know. So, uh, so using the conceptual mind and bringing it into uh, into line with uh, the the goal of the Buddha's teaching of the Buddha's Dharma or truth is to uh, have this particular structure so that we can uh, we can contemplate that and see how that applies to the way consciousness works unsummoned, the way consciousness comes out of just who knows where it comes from. We can't find a source for anything. Good thing. That's just an opinion. So the five heaps or the five skandhas are, simply put, a form. I'll use this as a form. Feeling. Feeling. Uh, perception. Perceiving, sound, smell, taste, touch, even thoughts, per perception. Uh, so those are the first three. And then the fourth one is uh, the thinking process or concepts or samskaras or creation, things coming and going, this and that. It's good, it's bad, I like it, I don't like it, and so on. <clears throat> and then the last one, the fifth skanda, uh, takes in all of the six sense fields, uh, including the mind and, and uh, sense consciousnesses. So the, the consciousness of... Uh, of, uh, of sounds, of sights, smells, tastes, and so on. So this whole package of uh, concepts uh, is pointing out different ways in which the consciousness operates to um, convince us that we are somebody and we're here. So a form is a pretty strong one. If you say, if the Buddhist teachings say, you know, fundamentally, you don't exist. You don't exist. You exist, but you don't exist the way you think you exist. And so this is just a way, using these concepts, and I've given talks on this before, uh, since I never remember what I say, uh, probably not repeating myself too much. It doesn't matter. So, so what the hell do we do with that? What do we do with it? We've got the, con we got the structure form. Okay, got that feeling, perception. Concept or name, tree, roof, people, uh, PC, um, and then and then all of the other things that are all the, the colors and the shapes and the sounds, smells, tastes, touch, all coming through the six sense fields, and we're receiving all of that. Or unless we're you know, unless we're uh, blocking it out because we're concerned, we're worried about something, or we're all tied up with some kind of negativity feeling we're, ha we're having. Sometimes that we have what is commonly called depression. That can wind us up in such a such a knot that you know we don't even know what's happening fifty feet away. We're all tied up with that, and what do we do with that? We perpetuate it by struggling with it. Everything should be welcomed. You should ask questions about that at some point if you don't understand. So, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Those get together. It's like if they were little. They were little children, they'd all be holding hands and they'd all be supporting each other. And if they were all 80 years old, probably still all holding hands, supporting each other, believing each other's opinions and uh, comparing notes various ways. 
in the one who is clear, who has realized the fundamental nature of what who this is, what this body-mind complex is, has deeply understood this, not an opinion. You're, you're certain of it. You, you see it, you know it, and nothing can shake you loose from this, and not even death, not even uh, a praise, not even blame. Nothing can shake you loose from, from who you see that you are. How do you do that? You look at who you aren't. You look at all of the ideas, opinions, con uh, conjecture, suppositions, on and on, and just watch them. If you add to them by trying to stop them, if you add to them by fluffing them up or believing them or making commentaries or elaborations around anything, then you create an apparent reality that we believe in for a while and then maybe, maybe we don't believe and then we go back and forth and we have a conversation with someone and we share what we're going through and then they come back and say, you know, I don't really agree with you on that. I think that maybe what this is probably what's happening. Well, I, I read C.G. Young. C.G. Young said this. Yeah, I know. But you know what he thought about Freud? You know, you could go on and on and on. And the next thing you know, you, you know, your ears fall off. Well, probably not your ears won't fall off. But your attention probably will fall off because it gets kind of boring. It's circular. Why? Because. Why? Because. Why? Because. Why? Because. Don't ask why. Ask what. Whatever is happening, the next time any of you get yourself in any kind of a jam or any kind of a uh, cul-de-sac or whatever it is, just say, what is this? And insist on it. Say what? Insist on the question. Don't insist on the answer. Insist on the question. What is this? What is this? It's like you're, uh, anybody here fish? Yeah. You don't, you don't throw the, you know, throw the, the line and then say, come on. <laughs> come on. Fish that. Well, you might if you're seven or eight. I think that's the last time I fished when I found out that I was not going to catch anything. So, okay, enough for that metaphor. <laughs> kind of useless. But it, it is like that. It's like we get impatient with it and we will change over to why. So don't switch your allegiance. Once you're saying what, stick with it. Be stubborn about it. Use your body to be stubborn because then, then you're doing it in a way that's not warlike. You know, if you do it with your mind, we, it's very easy to, to see when very, very easy or very um, difficult to see when we switch over from just asking what into making some kind of demand on something when we start to fight with our mind. Don't fight with your mind. Don't fight with anything. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look away. I'll say it again. Don't accept it. Passion. Don't reject it. Aggression. And don't look away. Ignorance. Those are the three poisons in Buddhism. Very, very powerful core teachings of the Buddha's Dharma. They came out of the ancient Indian philosophy, not just Buddhism. <clears throat> so if someone sees deeply what this is and who they are, it's not that the five skandhas go away. Form is still there. Feeling, perception, concept. Those things are still functioning. It's just that they don't hold hands anymore. So form, form is just form. There's just body. Concept is just concept. It doesn't line up with any kind of protocol, any kind of propaganda about any damn thing. Don't believe anything. Don't disbelieve anything. I don't know how to say that any more strongly without yelling. You don't have to believe in anything. Isn't that kind of a good thing? You don't have to believe in anything. Don't, don't torture yourself with, should I or shouldn't I? Should I believe that? But what do you believe? I don't know. What do you believe? And we have these conversations that go back that create the illusion of some kind of substantiality, some kind of 
we're here and we're having this wonderful conversation. So what seems to happen if you do have insight into who you are fundamentally, then it seems that these skandhas are still there, but they, the, the connection between them starts to break down. And they, as I was saying before, they start to function on their own. It's not that they don't, that they don't resonate with the rest of the situation because there's still a body-mind complex happening. It's just that they don't get together and say, me, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no um, a deal struck. Uh, between things. So you, you actually, it's, this is a, the word for this is called liberation. You're actually liberated from the belief, disbelief, or ignorance of anything. And what does that feel like? I don't know. Find out. There are, there are, as it is said, uh, excuse me, when the, when the five skandhas enter the six realms, and I can go into the six realms also, when the five skandhas, I gave a talk on this last, I don't know, last summer maybe. When the five skandhas, or form, feeling, perception, concept, or memory and consciousness, this enters the six realms of the hell realm, the jealous God realm, the, the, the uh, animal realm, the human realm, the hungry, or the, uh, the asura loka, or the uh, jealous God realm, and the God realm, it's called a living being. Very simple description for just being here. And what is it? There's something that gets together to, that thinks it's somebody, and then it goes through these different states of mind. Or variations on it, or um, combinations of uh, uh, being in a terrible state, terrible uh, warlike state with your own mind or with others. Hell. And then suddenly things go better, and you start to pull out of it, and you, you know, have a beer or something. Who knows what happens? And then uh, blends with another one of these uh, states of mind. The, we go through these uh, six realms uh, daily, back and forth, back and forth. Even though, even one who is enlightened, to use a fancy word, goes through them too. They just don't believe it. So they may. may so uh, all evidence is partial. Anytime you think that this means that, keep going. Look, look more deeply. Look more closely at this before you come up with that because this if you say this means that uh, this is what uh, self-centeredness the ego the propaganda of the self-centeredness wants you to do it's all over the place watch television for 10 minutes everyone's doing this opinions ideas conclusions conclusions I was talking to Kate and Pam about the two cludes Have I mentioned that before Include and conclude. You can include, that's good, include, but don't conclude. You don't need to conclude anything. Things that need to come together as something or conclusion will, will happen out of the uh, all of the causes and conditions that are in any given situation. Whether you're sitting here at the UU or whether you're later on, you're uh, uh, at home taking a nap. <clears throat> so what happens, it seems that through the sitting practice of meditation, through an awareness practice, sit down, hold still and watch the movement. And through watching the movement, this is how you practice not concluding and just including. At some point, you don't need to include anything because what is not separate doesn't have anything else. So there isn't anything to include. If you see that you're not separate from anything anywhere, never have been, 
What's to conclude? What's to include? Those two ideas uh, apply to one who is whose consciousness has been downloaded into this physical form when they were you know, embryo, and they've concluded that they're somebody. Here I am, <laughs> doing really great. People like me, I'm handsome. Well, uh, I used to be young. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've set up some kind of something so that we can feel good, even if only temporarily. Not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. It just tends to get circular and it doesn't solve the fundamental issue, which is death. Everything comes to an end. This body-mind complex that we're so in love with, we're so enamored of, is, uh, is not uh, real. It has a reality, but it's not the reality we impute or believe that we are. People are going around all the time, living and dying. If you understand this, not much will change. You just will be fearless and no one will know it. But you will. And you won't even use that word unless you're put in a position where you notice you just are not afraid of anything. Even death. You're not afraid of death because you understand what it is. It is not an end. There are no ends. Want more? Yes or no? There's no beginnings. <laughs> that makes you want to go have a beer, doesn't it? <laughs> nothing begins. Nothing ends. <clears throat> just looks that way. So the five skandhas going through the six realms, it just means that we go through different states of mind. We go through a state of mind. Uh, the human realm is very, uh, uh, is also uh, governed with passion or, or, or grasping and wanting and wanting this, not wanting that. This kind of want, and that kind of want. I want that to go away, but I want more of this. And this other thing, I just want to ignore that. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. Human realm, the, the, the upside of the human realm is that isn't a realm uh, contrary to the functioning or the, 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 the dynamics that are happening in the other five realms. A lot of curiosity in that realm. What is that? What, what is going on? What is happening? What should I do? Why, are they look, why do they look like that? Why is this green and that's pink? Or it's curiosity. If you're in the hell realm, you don't really care. You just want to You just want to fight and win. You just want to, you just, the only thing that's interesting there to you is aggression, going after it, grasping, clinging, ripping it apart or whatever it may be. And the hungry ghost realm is intense desire over whatever it is that you want. Hungry ghost, that kind of, gotta have that. I just need to have that. We've all been in a, some situation where we wanted something or somebody or some, even wanting some feeling to leave is also hungry ghost. It's just a way of talking about there. May or may not be ghosts. And then the animal realm is when we just, uh, you know, no, no uh, disrespect to animals. Because there's a lot of animals that are very much like humans, as we know. And uh, But the animal realm is like, we're just going to, uh, the, the traditional images is just like a pig. It's actually pretty smart. Uh, we just go along, we just snuffle through the ground. We, we totally miss the butterflies. No, we don't care about butterflies. We care about whatever we're smelling. In the dirt, animal realm. We're just, we might all know someone who is, uh, has, uh, who their main kind of uh, operation is, is one of being shut down, similar to an animal. Not that they could be extremely intelligent, but yet they're 
there's something about their situation that they're never really present. They're always in some kind of a haze. You know, they might talk to you, they might respond, but when we talk, we feel like we're only, we've only got, you know, a third of a, uh, an awareness there. They're tied up in some other kind of dynamic animal realm. We actually go through that. Uh, you can go through that. Uh, one of the things I talk about uh, is halfway measures. I don't want to do talk about everything I've ever mentioned here, but one of them is when we decide to get up from here and go get go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee, quite often we blank out between here and there. Instead of being aware of our footsteps, be aware of the furniture, be aware of the handle that we reach, be aware of, of the thoughts that are coming, that we're not here when we got up to go to to get coffee or go to the restroom or, or leave the building, but something is coming out of, no, there's an intense display of thoughts, feelings, emotions that are rising all the time that we don't want to look at. And we, we ignore that. <clears throat> Sometimes I say, use this uh, technique as a, instead of a uh, striking the gong. Instead of doing that, we could halfway. You just take anything that you that starts here and ends up over there, and just stop in the middle of it. it doesn't have to be something where everybody's going to run into you because you're going up an escalator. But it's something that's very simple where you can stop and just just see what the contrast is between when you started. What else is happening in that in that area? Anything? Are there any forms arising there that you uh, you might might have uh, shut down on or ignored? You probably won't discover much. So there's not much of a payoff doing that, but it's a pretty good exercise. Halfway measures. So the next round, the human realm, as I said, is the one that the, all the curiosity is in and also the passion. There can be warfare going on there. So the, the, the human realm seems to have a little bit of everything, but its main function is that you're actually there and there's some kind of what humanism going on. Still some aggression, still some grasping. But those other realms are where you actually get swamped. You get you just, you just get uh, taken into that by by fear, by hope, and whatever. The next two realms going up, uh, to use that kind of a metaphor, is uh, the jealous god realm, or the 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 metaphor uh, that I use for that is people climbing ladders, trying to get ahead of everybody else. The whole corporate world is like that. It gets it, they get so engrossed in their accomplishment, they totally forget their humanity. They forget others. They treat others like just competitors. Uh, our whole culture is full of competition. Not wrong. Not wrong. Especially not wrong if we have a sense of humor about it. It's when we start getting serious about it that it starts to be difficult. And of course, the highest uh, one, uh, again, meta metaphorically high, uh, is the, the God realm or the, the success realm, the area where we all, meet, we all met somebody that uh, uh, will probably never meditate because they're, they're just never miserable. <laughs> they're always happy. They're always smiling. And they're always, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I know somebody at Century smiles constantly. <laughs> She's fun. She smiles no matter how she feels. So but she goes through all the, the, um, the phases that everyone goes through. So the idea there is, is just uh, using these images, these realms, just to characterize the way the mind seems to, to the, the way the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, get together, form a me, me, me and my world. Oh, I'm in hell now. I got to get out of here. And then we uh, then we go into a, we Maybe it's so intense that we just we can't fight anymore. So we just go to the animal realm or our mind changes and we just close down. Just not going to think about it anymore. I'm going to go. I'm going to bed. 
uh, we all might know somebody, maybe it's uh, us, uh, when we get feeling so bad that we just want to go, go to sleep. Just go somewhere, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to go sleep. And that's kind of a, that has that kind of a animal realm dynamic to it. It is not about getting out of this. It is about seeing what it is. You don't have to, you don't have to be anybody else. You get to be yourself. If you're listening to this teacher, that's how it's done. Just stop trying to be somebody else. Be who you are. And, but do that in uh, completely so that you, who, who you are is actually here. Whatever your karma is uh, coming up, don't miss your life. Any emotion, if you walk out of here, walk down the road three days from now, any emotion that's coming up in your mind is totally appropriate. I don't care how intense or how rugged or rough around the edges it is. It is not incorrect. Dependently arisen. Everything is dependently arisen, including the emotions. What happens is the emotion comes up out of beginningless time through the karma and causes and conditions and provides us with a particular feeling. Could be depression, could be anxiety. I don't know why I'm feeling so anxious, but I'm just uh, feeling anxious. And we look for why. As soon as you say why, you actually abandon the very karma that you're supposed to be living. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. I just, I'm laughing because it's so obvious. If you train your mind to see clearly, when you sit and face the wall, uh, face the wall, you may feel good, you may feel bad. I don't really care how you feel. As a teacher, I don't care if you fall asleep. I don't care. I don't care. The only thing I do care about is meditate. Meditate. Just schedule yourself. Sit as much as you can. You might be able to sit for an hour a day. You might be able to sit for 20 minutes. You might be able to sit for uh, four or five hours a day. Do as much as you can. While you're here, while you're alive, while you're a living being, while you have an apparent choice. It's not really a choice. But we'll talk about that in another talk. I'm really opinionated about that. <clears throat> so these realms uh, can happen in uh, 30 seconds. You could go from one to the next. You could go through several of them. Or your whole life might be characterized by one particular realm, by, by just being in the corporate world. Just constantly got to get ahead, got to get ahead. Uh, I got to get this done, got to be successful at this, I got to be successful. Sometimes they're called them workaholics. And then the, the God realm is, why should I do anything? I've got my example I often use is, you know, all my kids have perfect SAT scores. I have a Mercedes in this side and uh, two Harley Davidsons over here. And then have a yacht out on, uh, what's this place? Huh? West Bay. Have a yacht, two yachts in West Bay. <laughs> <laughs> One's really big. Uh, the other's tiny because I don't want to be, you know, too ostentatious. I don't, I don't want people to think. Have you noticed, have you ever say that? Stop it. Anytime you say, well, I don't want you to think. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't even have any say so about your own thoughts. And yet we're so wanting to say, well, I don't want you to think that I'm thinking that you're thinking what I'm thinking is not what I should be thinking. <laughs> we can't control our own thoughts. And you shouldn't even try to control yourself. What should you do? Watch them. Just be a good host, hostess, hoster. Be, just be present. And whatever's arising in the six sense seals, including your mind, excuse me, just observe. Don't add on. I don't like that. Don't add on. I do like that. Don't add on. Who cares? Don't add anything. Don't do anything with it. Unless you, out of the causes and conditions that are arising at the same time that experience is, 
are, are kind of compulsively doing it. But if you just see that, that you're adding, then that won't last. Anything you watch without accepting, rejecting, or shutting down on will not last because it gets its energy of, of uh, it gets its, uh, gets perpetuated by being struggled with like war. Don't fight with anything. Don't agree with anything. And don't ignore. Questions are good if you have them. Um, what is perception impulse? It's just one of the skandhas. So you perceive something, and then something comes up about it. There's some kind of reaction to it. You perceive something, and you don't like it. You perceive something, you like it. You perceive something, and you're indifferent to it. More? Um, I can observe my thoughts, but uh, it's difficult to see what's going on that perception impulse underneath the thoughts. So how can I um, see something that happens so instantaneously that the thought is a, a byproduct of it that happens later? Don't collect it. Don't, don't collect it if something I, I saw that, I know that. Just let it come. It's like birds. Get nowhere. There's no, there, there isn't anything but now. And I know it's a great illusion, the two thens, back then, and up ahead then. Well, when are things going to get better? Well, pretty soon. <laughs> then we'll be happy. <laughs> but it just can get three yachts. <laughs> things are looking pretty good. I don't want a big one, just a small, even a model of a yacht on the, on the mantle would work for a while. More? Yeah, but it kind of skews off to maybe your teaching. But, um, you know, it's the concept. Skews away from my teaching? Skews. It kind of, it's not. But it's called neuroception, and it's how we respond to stress, our adaptive behavior. Okay. Is this coming from that teaching you were talking about? Uh, it's coming from a polyvagal theory. What? Polyvagal theory, our uh, vagus nerve that goes down our body. Okay. Now, uh, What's your question? Yeah. So, um, so we have adaptive behaviors that come out of stress, but that stress is so instantaneous that we don't have time for it to arise in awareness. So how can we work with something that is so quick that by the time we actually see it, it's already passed? Yeah. yeah quick, uh, quick comes from thinking that there's somebody and someone and we're actually approving of this whole situation. And these theories are approving of something in a certain way. When you approve of a, a situation in a certain way, you don't look anywhere else. Depth psychology, I'm okay, you're okay, Enneagrams, astrology, Buddhism. The path of Buddhism is to help you leave Buddhism. Find a path that helps you leave it behind. You don't need that rowboat anymore. Once you realize what it's pointing at, you're liberated. So, Or, or you can just stay there and keep uh, using science to figure out why butterflies have different colored wings. Well, it's because of this, because of that, because of this one, because of this, because of that. I'm not mocking you. I'm just saying that. Uh, does it feel like I am? I'm. Uh, you feel mocked? So. A little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we stop there? Uh, well, you didn't really answer my question. Yes, I did. I didn't hear the answer. The answer is what you're talking about makes sense within the context of, of the, the particular teaching dynamic or understanding physical dynamic that you're talking about. But that is materialism. 
even if it's it doesn't matter if it's successful, it's still it's still successful within the materialistic um, model that we approach it in. Everything works within its own context. And all I'm saying is that could be correct. Depth psychology is correct. This is why when somebody discovers something, gets into something, learns something, they think this will solve everybody's problem. Everybody should practice uh, playing the, what is that one thing with a bag? Everybody should do that. I feel so good when I play that. I'm just saying that what you're saying has is accurate and within its own uh, dynamic. The vagus nerve and the and the nerves and we have emotions. I heard what you said. We have emotions that that are, operate so fast that we can't do anything about it. I wouldn't care if you could do something about it. That would be a misunderstanding. Don't do anything with anything. It, you, if you don't do it, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but don't do it on the cushion. Don't do it in this context. In this context, liberate yourself. In the other context, study that. Become a scientist. Apply it to situations with the children that you take care of. Apply it and use it. But don't blend it with Buddhism unless it does it by itself, unless you're talking about something that resonates with that, which could happen. More? Yeah, and, and that's where it comes from. It comes up from studying children and then the understanding just mm-hmm. over. So, but I guess my, my primary question, though, is how can we be aware of something that happens so quickly we only can be aware of the byproduct of it? So what's the assumption there? The assumption is that something's happening. Bingo. As long as you think something's happening, you'll try to find out what caused that, what caused that, what caused that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a very provisional way of looking at everything. But to ultimately understand what this is, uh, seems to be necessary to step away from that. And you already have that information. Find out who you are. Find out if there is someone who's having those thoughts. That's the, otherwise it's circular. I mean, even if you become Albert Einstein and you uh, invent something that kills millions of people. I mean, no matter what you do, it's still, it's still a relative thing. No matter how wide it is, it's still relative. Transcend that. This doesn't mean you shouldn't study what you're studying. We talked about that earlier in your interview. You should study that. I even said, send me something, tell me something about it. More? I guess uh, there's something pulling the strings, and I'm not seeing it. Well, most marionettes can't see who's pulling the strings. So don't be one of those. But we talked about um, how it seems to be that the skandhas, like, you know, consciousness and, uh, you know, and it goes down to more subtle forms. Yes. How do we um, how do we observe those subtle forms? OK, so uh, train your mind. If you want to see subtlety, then start with the consciousness that is asking the question where this is coming from. Sit down, hold still. And watch the movement of the mind. So you get to know yourself. You get to know how your mind is moving moment by moment. You can't do this the sitting for uh, 20 minutes a day for six years. You have to really, uh, not requiring anybody to do anything. I'm just saying that this is, this is how this looks. And if, if you come and tell me, uh, well, I'm not doing that. I'm done. Then I said, well, don't do it then. 
But if you're asking me the question, how do I do that? It looks like it takes a lot of mind training, not belief in Buddhism. I don't even believe in Buddhism. You can quote me. No believe or disbelieve in anything. Belief and disbelief are extra. You don't need that kind of protection. You can live in an open dimension of being where you absolutely don't know what you're going to do next or who you're talking to. And be more genuine than you're going to be if you're always strategizing about how to look good, how not to, how to be correct, how to do something right, what people think of me. <clears throat> I'm extremely sensitive to what people think. I've not gotten rid of that, even though it's haunted me all my life. It's still there. It just can't find anyone anymore. The feeling is still there. The feeling still rises. It just can't find someone to agree with that or feel that way. It can't find someone who feels like that, who can express it or complain about it for that matter. More? Yeah. Um, I know, I, I've noticed that um, when I talk about or anyone talks about a teaching other than yours. Um, <laughs> I like that. A teaching other than mine. There are um, other teachings than mine. <laughs> and it elicits a, a strong response response on your part and seem to get irritated. That's my projecting on you. No, I am irritated with you. I know you're not projecting. That's real irritation. <laughs> Come on, keep coming. Um, that won't hurt you. <laughs> what is it? Like, where is that coming from? Like, Where's what coming from? The, that irritation. It seems to be consistent. I'm not sure what the trigger is for yeah. you. I'm not irritated. Well, I noticed even yesterday during the interview, I mentioned like Shinzen Young and you, yeah. you got, you got. So who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Isn't that your teacher, Shinzen Young? No, one time. But it irritates me. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Like, what? Well, mm, I'm irritated with Shinzen Young. You seem to be irritated when your students study someone else and ask you questions relating to their teaching. Just like if I, I have 30, uh, 40 books that I recommend and somebody goes and reads something I don't recommend and they ask me questions about it. And I haven't read the book. And then you know, it's a, a similar thing. If you go and study under Shinzen Young, uh, I'm not saying he's incorrect or John Dido Lori or, or the Buddha or anyone. I'm just saying that if you want to study under me, study, listen to what I'm saying. I talk all the time, talk constantly. I teach several times a week. I'm always available for anybody to talk to. Why would you go study with Chin Shins and Young? Uh, and I, what I think I said in the interview, if you want to go study with him, give me a Roxu. We'll put it on the shelf. Go study with Shins and Young for a couple of years. And then if I'm still here, come back and or go to the monastery and get the Roxu back. I don't mean to be sarcastic. I'm just saying concentrate on what I'm telling you. If you want me to function as your teacher, which it looks like you do, I'm saying concentrate on what I'm telling you. I'm old. I'm not going to be here a lot longer, probably. More than likely, you're, you'll probably be here another 50 years. So I'm, listen to what I say. And and uh, and uh, if you're interested in finding out what I'm pointing at, then try to practice in the way I recommend. Uh, Shenzhen Young talks about this whole thing differently. It's not wrong. He His way of talking is just it's just different. So and it's not wrong. But if, you, if you're trying to go that way, then I would say, well, go there and rather than be between the way I'm teaching and the way he's teaching and then say, well, uh, you know, even I don't even agree with either one of my teachers. I don't agree with Trungpa Rinpoche. A whole lot of things he says I don't agree with. I don't make a big point of it. But if I were if you're here, I'd say, why are you doing this this way? Like, for instance, the, not to take issue with him uh, right now on a, 
some kind of a broadcast, but I, I don't agree. Uh, I, I don't see what his point was in having a Dorje Kassan or a Vajra Guard or having an army that looks like military people. I don't agree with that. And I, I have a right to say that. I was in the Marine Corps. I know what the military is like, and it's meant to kill people. And people in there, I never got a chance to ask him, but people in there would say, well, no, it's not really a military. And I, and I thought, well, maybe it's not. So I joined it for 20 years. So I, I know what it is. It's a military. <laughs> yeah, they just don't have guns yet. And, I, you know, maybe he would have said, uh, and I'm speculating here, maybe he would have said, well, you know, we're living in a world where there are lots of militaries. Uh, we need to be protected, so maybe we should have one, too. Eh, you know, that, you know. And there's ways that Coben taught, uh, taught that I, you know, I don't agree with, but that's Coben. He teaches the way he teaches. Uh, although all those guys, those two teachers did for me is help me be who I am. That's how they help me. They say, you actually can do this yourself. And so I, I don't, I don't. I might have be like one or the other in some ways, but I don't see it. Nothing like Trump. I'm nowhere near as intelligent as he was. And I'm not as soft and feathery as Coben was. Coben was like a feather that could turn into a sword instantly. And I'm always a sword. <laughs> I'm actually a painting of a sword. You read uh, Dogen's Painted Cakes. It's a good one. So, uh, but, um, you know, I may get irritated with something, but I don't have to be not irritated. It's always in, in relationship to whatever is happening. So more about that is good. Good question. It makes, makes for a better Dharma talk. <laughs> I can fight with somebody a little bit. Uh, how can we get our own authority if we're adhering to your teachings? I don't ask you to adhere. I'm just saying... Give me the benefit of the doubt. I, I never say I don't. I never. I don't function as a guru. I'm a Dharma teacher. I don't care for the. I don't care for the title Roshi or any of that. That there's too much baggage with those things. Dharma teacher, not too much. Teacher is Western. There's lots of teachers. Dharma is the Buddha's Dharma. I endeavor to teach the Buddha's Dharma as I understand it. Some of it's Tibetan style. Some of it's Zen. Some of it comes from different places. Some of it comes from Ramana Maharshi. Some of what my understanding comes from Dasargadatta Maharaj. Some of my understanding comes from my mother. Some of it, it comes from lots of different places. So if you're always a, a, a student, then everything's your teacher all the time. Receive, 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 receive. Give everything your attention and receive. Come to no conclusions about anything. Unnecessary. There isn't anyone. There is no solid being anywhere. Find out. Find out. So that and that's where you get your own authority. Getting your own authority, which is what Coben told, uh, I don't know if it was to Mason or somebody back. He didn't tell it to me or directly. But it's a teaching of his. Get your own authority. So what does that mean? It probably means find out there isn't any such thing as authority. There is no authority. That's your authority. And that allows you to be situationally, whatever's happening, you can relate to it exactly you can't find a partner you can't dance with. You can't say it's a find a situation that you can't be with. Even the most horrible, difficult situation, uh, one way of being with it might might be to leave it. But it would be situational. You would do it out of out of your awareness rather than out of your 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 ideas and opinions about that's wrong. I'm getting out of here. That kind of conclusion is just creates more warfare. 
you'll be on the other end of it in the next lifetime. Don't object. Don't agree. Don't look away. More, please. Yeah. Um, and I guess the best example I have is a martial artist. I, I learned Taekwondo. I learned Kali. And I practice Krav. So my punch is my own. But I learned these different styles. So I'm just wondering how, um, if I am your student, I am your student. Are you? I multiple. I am your student. Good. I take multiple perspectives, though, on your teachings so I can understand them. No, I've not disagreed with that. But I'm just not sure how... You're just irritated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to be a good student. Good. But I want to follow... I have to follow my own curiosity, and I'm not sure how to do both. Sit a lot. I mean, that... I have all kinds of students. Uh, I have all kinds of students. Some students I see a lot. Sometimes I some students I see once every few months. Some students I never hear from. Some students that I feel are really close students that don't I don't hear from much. And some students are, uh, are are very distant students that I see every day. I mean, almost every day that are distant. Follow me. So just train your mind. The most important thing, oh, you can study whatever you're studying. I even invited you to send me something about it. I said, write, write something else so I can get an idea conceptually what that's about. Because I, I, I trust you. I realize that you're inspired by something. I want to hear what you have to say about it. So, but, but don't mix it with Buddhism. If it mixes with Buddhism, it'll do it on its own. It'll just, it'll just come together. But don't try to see how that fits with Buddhism. Buddhism's already complicated enough. Like I said, there's... Just the book list I have is just doesn't even come near to the number of books that are published just in English. My book list is what it's thirty written down and probably uh, fifty or sixty if you wrote them all, all of them down that, that I'm that I would promote and I would say yes, read that. Might even be something I haven't read, but but I know what uh, what it's about and I know where uh, I'm having. A, um, um, well, you're working on the Lotus Sutra. I've not read the Lotus Sutra all the way. I've read through it enough to know that it's kind of boring. But it's a really powerful, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of a, but it's a really Sadharma Pandurika. It's a powerful teaching that was used back centuries and centuries ago. And so since I'm lazy, I get my students to help me study it. I have several copies of it. Have uh, uh, that, And then also I have uh, Chazan back at the monastery. He's studying... Uh, the Udra Tantra, which I have read quite a bit of that, but I have him studying because I, I, I want to include people in how how we can present this teaching, especially people who are fully ordained monks. Uh, when I'm gone, I want them to be able to present this in such a way that they don't interfere or meddle with people's minds and try to convert them into something that is uh, not necessary. You can say you're a Buddhist if you really if you're really a Buddhist, you're not a Buddhist. Even the Buddha, even the Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. Um, I guess my uh, difficulty is when I read these uh, traditional teachings that are being translated from other languages. Yeah. And I just I, I just want to hear it from 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 the people that are here now. And I guess that's so. How how can we find this like fresh baked bread in other places um, besides this loaf right here? A compliment. <laughs> so, the I would say look at the, you know, we, we study, uh, uh, join in the study group. We have eight of them. I don't know any place that you could find this where you can dial in on Zoom 
and talk with a, a dozen or so people from not only the monastery, but other parts of the world who are getting together to take these traditional texts and talk about them. Talk about the Lankavatara Sutra. We're, we're on our th- fourth time going through a traditional foundation text for Chan and Zen Buddhism called the Lankavatara Sutra. This, this is the fourth time through it. We're, and we read it very slow and we and people in the room talk about it. And I want you to join that. I've told both you uh, and Shagets that I would like you to join. It's not just be for you. It's for for the other people who are studying to to have your kind of energy connect with that so that you can bring this up so that they can interact with you. It's called Sangha, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, the three jewels. The Buddha is the example of someone who is sane. The Dharma is the truth that he taught. Everything is dependently arisen. There's not a separate thing anywhere. There are not two things. You can't get two things far enough to uh, part to put a piece of paper through them. Not separate. But that has to be realized and not believed in. And then the Sangha, which is the one that's neglected, at least in our culture, because we don't have big monasteries full of monks, I guess. Sangha, community, the community of people who are all trying to understand this truth, all these different personalities, all these different ways of working with, with the mind. And, you know, take advantage of it. We have, we have a, what, a couple dozen people all together. We have a big Sangha. Most people would rather study under other famous people. They don't want to study under me. I don't mind. It makes it easier for me. So, and you could bring you could bring that what you're talking about there up in that group. I mean, they might not all they would handle it. I don't know. Would depend on who's there. But Mayun is in France. She calls in. Uh, uh, Andy is in uh, the UK. He tunes in now and then. These are people a long ways away. Um, Maria is in Toronto. I haven't seen Maria in years face to face, but I see her on Zoom all the time because she's always studying with others, coming together and studying. So it's a good way to do that. And it might help you to connect with this material if you're seeing the way other people are having difficulty with the material. It's not about understanding a material. You aren't there, so you don't hear me saying this. People say, I can't understand this. It's not about understanding it. It's about studying it. So if, if somebody started to study um, trigonometry in the first eight days and then class say, I don't understand this. The teacher would, would they say, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't be studying this anymore. Well, we have another 10 years of trigonometry. You follow me? It's, a, it's not totally a perfect uh, metaphor, but it's somewhat. I mean, it takes time. It really takes time of sitting down, holding still and looking at the wall and seeing the truth for yourself. See it for yourself. There's nothing to believe in. I have nothing to sell. Other than if you come here and present yourself in front of me, there's no advertisements for this. Come and meditate and feel better. I'm never going to say that to someone. I'm not going to lie to anybody. Because sitting down and training your mind might, be, depending on who you are and what you bring into this world, might you might have to look at a whole lot of crap that you've been avoiding for the last uh, 32 years or whatever it is. And suddenly you start to meditate. And you start to, You can't ignore that any longer. So the, the downside is it feels terrible. The upside is this is your lifetime to be liberated. And you're going to actually start marching right through the karma you've, been, you've avoided since the 13th century. I'm not kidding you. And do I believe this? Read my lips. <laughs> oh, do <dude>, taxes. <laughs> Thank you for the questions. Anyone else? Laura. 
You mentioned everything should be welcomed early in this talk. Yes. Uh, what about uh, migraine headaches, toxic, toxic situations that you've agreed to avoid? Those things. So when I say welcome, I'm not saying uh, some kind of a, you know, uh, um, mindless way of doing that. I'm just saying, but but watch the way you object to something. A, a migraine comes upon you. It's difficult. It's pain. But use it as an opportunity to look into the pain. I don't have migraines, but when you have them, so and there, there's all kinds of levels of consciousness. This is working in so many different ways. And so take take some time. Do you have migraines? No. Yeah. That's a good. It's a good example. People have them, or uh, it's terrible stuff. Uh, to, to just watch somebody having a migraine is painful. You can't, can't do anything about it. So it's like, but the causes and conditions that are behind the migraine, the causes and conditions that are behind our crazy political system as it's going off the rocker, right, or off the rails, uh, are, are deep. It's not just the people at the top, the, you know, the, the what do they call those things that are at the top of things? Clowns. <laughs> <laughs> You can't blame the clown for its big nose. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can because they're there, and there's somebody you can yell at. But but the causes and conditions that are behind that raise that clown to that high position of do that and uh, let's let's tear that down. Why? Because it's something that makes me feel powerful. Uh, so it's complicated. So what I say when people talk about society and so on and say first find out who you are so that if you do go out into society and this is i say this over and over again you don't take unexamined aggression out and and uh, and, uh, and uh, promote your your unexposed or your unexamined aggression uh, onto other projected onto others and think that the aggression is theirs and actually it's, it's it's sitting there waiting for something to resonate with since you not you but someone has stuffed it i'm fine yeah let's go have coffee you know what I'm saying? You just kind of push it away. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a walk. I'll feel better. But then, if you go out into that situation, not that you should or shouldn't. I don't know about that. That's up to you. But if you do and you do it without really knowing uh, if you've been stuffing your own aggression, then the aggression that's already happening uh, uh, in Times Square is going to resonate with you, and it might feel like it's it's their aggression, but it might be yours. So when I say welcome it, I'm saying, I guess maybe another way is uh, um, don't don't object to it. I mean, actually use it as a dharma gate. Use it as something you're looking at to more deeply understand who you are, what your what life is about for you. Why? Why? What was this about? What is this? How did I get here? Uh, I sometimes say, go look in the mirror and tell me how that happened. I mean, tell yourself, say, explain to yourself. Well, mom and dad, we know that, but how about them? How did they get here? And how did it happen to be exactly you with all the different variables? Because causes and conditions are so unsearchable. The metaphor in the sutras is tributary streams flowing through the darkness. You're not going to be able to search those out. Once you realize that it's complicated, then uh, then you'll you'll stay with what is a very direct and simple this. Just my... Uh, my Dharma name, uh, Sokazan, is as it is mountain or immediate mountain. There isn't anything else, but it's just immediate. 
It's just this. So it's a pretty good teaching. And then we have to elaborate somehow to keep people's attention. <laughs> <laughs> Further, Laura? Just a second uh, question. Uh, use your body to be stubborn. And what did you mean by that? So um, stubbornness in your mind uh, doesn't, you know, if you want to do something, you know, we all know that it's hard to get yourself to do something. You keep reminding yourself, I got to do that. I got to. But it's easy to, to lose track of that area, that mental area. But the body, sit down, hold still, stubborn. Just stay here. Stay here. And, 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 and uh, schedule yourself. Use, use uh, uh, clocks are always using us. So use the, use the clock and, then, uh, and don't use a, a smartphone. Uh, don't do that. You're tying yourself into the society that will eventually come back and start telling you how good your meditation is or how bad, or you need another app that checks the temperature of your butt. Sorry. But it's like that, isn't it? If anything, they can show you something that you didn't know. We get magnetized into it. This will tell me exactly how much glucose is running through my brain. I don't care how much is running through there. Uh, but the smartphone, eventually, it might not be this year or next year, but at some point... Uh, those things are, I mean, it's, you know, you, we all know this. Look what's changed just in 10 years. It's just astonishing what they're able to do with those phones. Facial recognition. I keep thinking, well, I need to get on Amazon and sell masks that, <laughs> that looks just like you, except the nostrils are flared. <laughs> so it looks just like you, and there's a little bit different. So anytime they try to find you, they think, wait, this, this one guy, I think this is a, I think, you know, that monk we're looking for? I think this is him, but look at the nostrils. <laughs> nah, that can't be him. Maybe he needs oxygen. You know. But, there, you know, the society, the control people in the society are coming after us, you know, in the sense that they want to control everything they can. And so I would say, uh, rather than go that direction and get immersed in that incredible, it's like walking into a into a, uh, a rice paddy or something. There's so much there. So I would say, stay here. You have the luxury so far right now of having a building, having a body. Body, speech, and mind is here. Train your mind. Or or go off and party down. So it's up to you to do that. But as it says in the uh, first reminder, first contemplate the preciousness of being free and well-favored, difficult to gain, easy to lose. Now I must do something meaningful. And what does that mean? Train your mind. Find out who you are. Sit down and don't don't settle. Don't settle for a halfway idea of who you are. How does it feel to look for who you are? You won't know. There isn't anyone. But you have to see that. You have to discover that so that there can be what the conventional word is called liberation. And liberation is not a state of mind. It is just mind and nothing else. It may not even be that. But there, there isn't anyone. The emotions, the feelings, the memories, the, the migraines, the broken legs, the, uh, in my case, diabetes, open heart surgery is still going to come and go and it's still, we're still here. But, but what this fundamentally is, is, uh, is understood deeply. And it's, uh, it's called a spiritual path. And it's called the fancy word that uh, has some, uh, have some reservations about is transcendence. Because it isn't really transcendence. You don't really go anywhere. Further questions? Yes. Chigets. Earlier you said 
um, when you're talking to Tayo, liberate yourself in this context? Um, what does it mean to liberate yourself uh, if, if you aren't anyone, if you have no self? You have to find that out. That's a liberation. As it says, uh, as it says, uh, we, we impute our, our identity, but there, there isn't anyone. It's dependently arisen. As it says in uh, uh, Vasubandhu says, uh, uh, what is the, the verse? Uh, um, uh, not being found. Uh, how does that go? You have that memorized. The constant state of not, constant state of not being found of that, of how it appears in that which appears, of how it appears, me, in that which appears, body-mind complex, uh, is, the, is the fulfilled or is the ultimate understanding. So to look at what is arising, dependent origination, and seeing the way we impute ideas about it, judgments, ideas, identity, lack of identity, we're successful, we're not successful, we're getting somewhere, not getting somewhere. Um, all the, the things that, that, that we smother that with to make it somebody, when we see that, if you sit down, hold still, and look at that long enough, eventually it starts to crack and come apart because it won't hold up without being com completely replastered over and over and over again. So, But if you just sit down and look at it, which is what sitting meditation is, shikantaza, then eventually you will begin to see dependent origination. And this is the fulfilled, or this is a, a realization that can take a long time. Start now, excuse me. Start now. Don't, don't settle don't, don't settle for, for kind of this kind of might be it. If you think you're enlightened, you're not. It's not a conclusion. You, you don't think you're enlightened? No. Okay. Well, no. Yeah. Not right now, anyway. <laughs> yes. Andrew from the monastery in Battle Creek. Yes, Andrew. Uh, he asks, how is just this different from the animal realm? Uh, the animal doesn't uh, doesn't know it's just this. You want me to look at the? He's not in there. That's that's dependently risen. No, it's not. Is it? By God, there he is. It's Andrew. Andrew. Just this does not move. Animals move. Cows move. He's not making any response. <laughs> so I understand what Andrew is asking about because it, animal realm seems uh, to be uh, pointing to something where something is ignored or shut down. But you're, but just this is everything. Everything you're receiving, everything is empty and of a self and empty of an other. And it is uh, completely uh, uh, radiant. And there's no radiator. And there's not anything that's particularly radiant. So it's not it's not really a, uh, it's not really a, it's not really a, an experience. An experience is this is an experience. Experiences come and they leave. Realization doesn't leave. It also doesn't arrive. Lita. If realization doesn't arise, then, uh, <clears throat> then what is um, awakening? 
uh, it's realizing that uh, it doesn't arrive. It's realizing there isn't anything else. Like it says in the back of her rock suit in 2010 when I gave her a Jukai precepts uh, that I'm just looking at the, I don't know what I thought it was out in California. And I just wrote that on there. It came out of nowhere, nothing else. More about that if you have it. Doesn't um, arise. <clears throat> what what does what does arise? That awakening. If there's what, what does what? Is awakening. <laughs> awakening is is uh, is seeing that nothing is separate from anything else. It's uh, it's uh, the uh, years ago I used to say it in a different way, which I stopped because I, I don't know if it helps anybody. It's just my my because it's experiential for me, and I'm thinking, well, maybe other. The other people won't see this or won't have this kind of experience. But when I, I say every, everything, everyone, I, every place I look looks like me. But it's not romantic. It's not fancy. And it's kind of boring because it's been that way for years. So, but, but it didn't, it, it didn't, uh, it's experiential in that, in that I, I didn't see it and I didn't see it and I didn't see it. And then the, now I see it. So it's experiential in that way. So there's somewhat of a contrast, but nothing actually happened. Other than like you know, other than you open your eyes, so that's why they call it uh, awakened or awakening. You awaken to something that was was already there. Difficult to describe it. And the reason I say it's not exactly experiential because it doesn't. It's not an experience. It's not something that goes away like an experience does. So if there's anything that we could call an experience at all, it would be opening your the eyes are open. Yes. Yeah, it has, has some, I, I say, uh, has, a, has uh, experiential qualities to it. And that you, the, one of the experiences, you notice that you don't want anything. And you notice that there's, when this is happening, you're not thinking about something else. You're always where you're at. You're always here. You're not, you're not concerned with uh, Something else. Unless somebody comes up and says, your house is on fire. And then how do you know? Well, I was just there. What did you put it out? I mean, you're not, you're not dumb. You're not an idiot. So you, you know, you get involved in whatever shows up and you may function totally, uh, um, uh, in a totally mundane fashion if it's necessary to do that. So you're ready to meet whatever situation as it is. You'll function just like anybody else with buckets of water. Put the fire out. But when that's over with, then it's just this. And there may not be much of a memory of the fire. You might be thinking about what a waste of water. <laughs> More? Good question. D difficult to say in a way that, oh, now I see. Oh. I didn't get this for a long time, and then Sokazan explained it. <laughs> <laughs> And he just, he nailed it. Probably not going to happen, yes. Just a comment from Chazan down at the monastery. Yes. Uh, he said, thank you, Sokazan, for your direct responses, and Tayo for asking these questions. It was an incredible exchange. Yeah. 
Now, I need questions. I even say, Tayo is one of the few people that does this. Most people are afraid to come after me, but he always does. So I can always count on him to come and, why are you so irritated so <laughs> So it's always mutual. You, you can't, can't sit in a room by yourself and talk to a wall, or you could. But so it's always a mutual situation. I think this is why the, the study groups are so important. Is you, you, you listen to people talk and uh, discuss something, a particular phrase out of uh, Dogen Zenji's uh, 13th century text, the Shobogenzo, and you hear someone, uh, as part of that is read, and you hear someone's comment on what they think that means, and you think, I hadn't thought of that. That's, what, no, I hadn't thought about it that way. You, you might have read that text yourself, but then someone else's approach. And then, uh, of course, in those... Uh, Everybody's doing just fine, and then the last half hour, I come in and take everybody back into confusion again. <laughs> so, questions? Questions? Laura? I was, I was just curious about your own pain and suffering. Uh, Painful. That brought you to this path, yeah. and what does it look like now? Um, it's not as intense, but it's still, it hasn't gone anywhere. Still uh, anger, uh, irritation. So there's still things come and go, but uh, I like to say it uh, this way. It's uh, the emotion might come, in, but it can't find someone to agree with it. So it might come. It's more like uh, uh, it's not a romantic feeling at all. So it's not it's not like I have this wonderful floating feeling all the time. It's just that things are allowed. I'm no longer arguing with anything. I'm no longer at war with my emotions. I have really, really negative feelings that have been coming at me since I was born. Intense how I got on this path is because I was worried I would murder somebody, starting with myself. Of course, if you murder yourself, it's pretty hard to murder anybody else. But, you know, that kind of intense, and I had no idea where this is coming from. I'm doing just fine. I'm 16 years old and thinking, why is this happening? I think I talked to one psychiatrist, uh, as I've told the story before, and I, after talking to her, I realized she's crazier than I am. And so I stopped seeing her. And... Uh, She's, she's a smart woman, really smart. So, uh, and her way of working with me is rather than uh, rather than engaging me where I was at, she tried to compliment me. She actually told me how smart I was, which I thought was pretty smart of her. <laughs> <laughs> so she was trying to trying to. She could see that I was really uh, self centered, narcissistic, and really extremely vain. Uh, I'm sixteen. More so than most, I think. And she could see that, and she was trying to feed into that to kind of get, a, kind of magnetize me so that she could work with me. I wouldn't have any of that. So I was, I never went back. Because I didn't feel like there's any, I feel like somebody's going to, it just didn't feel right. So I kept looking and reading and looking and reading and looking until I met my teacher in 1973. And that was the end of the road for me. I stopped looking. And also, uh, uh, along the lines of what I'm recommending to anybody, as I said, I didn't read anything but what he told me to do. I just did what he told me to do for, for until he died in 1987. Then I started looking around more. Not, not that I didn't read other books occasionally. I might read some other monk or something occasionally. But uh, the, the difficulty still, still comes and goes. It just doesn't get any uh, agreement. 
more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be who you are. As a, uh, be genuine. I had a question from, I think it was from Hakaran. I was asking about the reading, and uh, I think it's cutting through spiritual material, where he, t- where he talks about being genuine. What he's saying is, a, be, be who you are. Stop arguing with your trying to be a better person artificially, because it's going to collapse. So be genuine. Actually, be, being genuine doesn't mean validating your negative feelings, uh, but it also doesn't mean shutting them out or ignoring them. Just actually allow that to... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the fancy, if, if that actually has transpired in you and that's actually happened with you, then the uh, a word, that, a conventional word for that would be, and it may or may not show up this way uh, to you or to others, or it would be humility. Because there's no, no longer a self-centered perpetuation of your identity anymore. You're all done with that. You don't care whether people think you're wonderful or think, it's not that you wouldn't be affected by it. I'm still affected by what people hate my guts. People that hate my guts. People that don't like me or so, if somebody comes to me as a student and I work with them for a while and I'm trying to help them and then they react to something that's actually uh, not that I didn't trigger it, but is their own mind and then leave, it hurts to do that. So it's not that I uh, don't have nerve endings. I have lots of them, as you do. It's just that there's no one person who feels that way. There's just the feeling Form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Form, here. Feeling, feeling. Feel. Feel all the way to the center of the earth. Because you're not separate from it. Any further questions? Especially from someone who hasn't asked a question. Very good. Thank you. Thank you.